Welcome to What Now, a weekly podcast that dives into and connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I'm Michelle Reeves. Welcome back and thanks for joining us today. This is the show for anyone who wants to know what is happening in business today with all these tech innovations. How are they using these wild new capabilities to drive their business forward? And look, Frankly, I started this podcast because I was having all these incredible conversations with brilliant minds and innovators, and I realized everyone should know what's happening. Today, I'm joined by Justin Fredericks, co-founder and CEO of Art House Augmented Reality. Welcome to the show, Justin. It's so great to have you. No, it's great. It's great to speak with you. Well, let's just like cut to like the name of your business, Art House Augmented Reality. I mean, that sounds so sci-fi. People think, whoa, what is that? It's, it's futuristic. It's crazy. Maybe it's something I don't need. Do I? You know, all these questions. But the truth is we're already using AR. We use it in our filters on social media. We, of course, saw the global obsession of things like Pokemon Go. People were chasing invisible characters literally around the world. That was augmented reality. So Justin, how do you describe augmented reality or AR for short? Yeah, no, sure, yeah, no, it's a great question. I love the way you present it. For us, augmented reality is bringing context and meaning to the world around you. And we do that by unlocking the stories that are basically invisibly attached to products, people, places to give a specific scene to visualize that. And you can imagine a woman walking down a sidewalk. You know, what we do is we unlock the stories behind the denim jacket designer uh, that she's wearing, the stories that are attached to the cultural relevance and and history of that city block, the story uh, and the meaning of the mural that's on the wall around her. All these stories exist, but they are all invisible. And what AR provides is the ability to unlock it and tap into that story, which then connects people to their communities, to their products and services that they consume and to each other. So great example with that denim jacket. So with the ability to have AR connected to that, does somebody need a ton of new equipment to use and experience this denim jacket in a new augmented reality way? From like the end user perspective, um, no, that's actually the problem we uh, tried to solve. And I think we did with the car company in AR. They don't need to have any app. And as long as the designer, let's say, you know, uh, embedded a NFC chip like Apple Pay technology or had a QR code or has a dedicated URL to a website, you know, the person who's wearing the jacket can then unlock it. It'll open up that person's camera with their phone and then they can scan any part of the jacket that either you know, has visual layers to it, or even goes deeper into telling the story behind the designer, behind the jacket, um, with all sorts of media. It could be video, 2D animation, 3D animation, studio tours, etc. And it's connected, the digital layer is connected to the physical layer at every point in time. But from the end user perspective, they just need to have their, their phone and soon the wearables that some big companies are producing. Wait, so this is kind of cool. If I'm on the New York subway and I see someone wearing an outfit that I love, potentially uh, in a world where everything now has the ability to be scanned, I could take my phone, scan that outfit and find out who made it. And more than just that, maybe there's a story tied to it, how it was made, um, who the designer is, 
um, maybe understand more about the the materials used or watch an ad campaign or a movie and just really interact with this garment while sitting across from the, this person on the subway. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and the beautiful thing about that is it's value that you're getting, the informational and storytelling value about, let's say, that uh, denim jacket and the designer, but also it's value that the person who's wearing the jacket is presenting every day. And we have been, right? When I wear Nike or Adidas, I want to wear these uh, clothing, but we're also walking billboards for the companies. So in that world, the designer could even um, reward the person who's wearing the jacket because other people are interacting with their jacket. And that could also, the jacket could even open up a virtual shop for that person on the train who's doing it, let's say it's you, to then buy it right then and there. And potentially that extends the sharing economy between the person wearing the jacket, the designer, and the person buying the jacket. Uh, this is a revolution when we think about fashion, that you know, your product becomes your marketing billboard, it becomes a storefront, it becomes a, a living portal, it sounds like, for people to really engage with these brands, uh, learn, be entertained. Uh, what, where else do you see augmented reality really having exciting impact outside of fashion or retail? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so an industry we're heavily focused on as well right now are actually public spaces working with you know cities and governments because there's so much obviously rich history attached to every single place and cities are uh, heavily focused on uh, turning their current cities into smart cities. Um, the first kind of stage of that was uh, what I consider like the Internet of Things of public spaces, wherein you can have physical structures that give real time information, whether it's on video screens, whether it's audio, etc. And kind of the next stage of it that we're involved in is bringing uh, these AR layers, these digital layers of context and meaning to the important places around the city. Uh, that's obviously a huge benefit culturally for the city. And then also from an economic perspective, uh, some of those uh, digital layers highlight the contemporary businesses. And so a lot of like business improvement districts, you know, are welcoming this and embracing this as well. Very cool. So AR has a lot of use cases when we think about the business of augmented reality, okay? So I like to talk about the difference between what a company sells versus the business they are in. Let's just take Starbucks as an example. What does Starbucks sell? They sell coffee, but they're actually in the business of making you feel at home. In fact, they are one of the first commodity brands to focus on experience and hospitality by scaling what they call the third place. They invested in lounges and Wi-Fi. They didn't just commoditize coffee. They commoditized comfort, which I think is so crazy. And they were so successful in doing this and making people feel welcome and good that they turned the sale of one cup of coffee into an $80 billion business today. So with that in mind, what business is Art House Augmented Reality in? Again, great question. And I think this is actually how I was addressing the answer previously about my company, which is providing the, the context and meaning to the world around you by unlocking those stories, you know, connected to the products, services that you consume, the places that you visit. And again, the way we do this is all the world around us, whether it's, you know, physical item or a location has a lot of meaning, have a lot of stories have uh, and context attached to it. And with AR, which just at a pure basic definition just means, you know, bringing digital content into your physical environment, 
which is you know the converse of VR, which brings you into a virtual environment. We take all those stories that are attached to everything in the world, or at least for our brand uh, and and our public clients, and uh, present it as digital layers that can be unlocked anytime the person who wants to unlock it and gets more context and meaning can. And so that's the key thing. And the type of digital content is it can be various. It can be a video, it can be audio, it can be fully 360 immersive, almost teleportation. And all those are kind of the technical capabilities of, of our AR, but it all gets to the end, which is amplifying the stories around us in a way that they couldn't have been done without the technology. I mean, it sounds like you're in the magic business. You turn things into life by giving it movement and sound and color and, dare I say it now, interaction. Would that be right? So I would say two things. I applaud our brand and creative partners because they are the storytellers. We definitely help assist them in, in the direction to go in. But really, augmented reality, we view ourselves as the canvas for their storytelling. So it's an amazing canvas. And at times like that, distinction between message and medium is that is fluid. But at the end of the day, it's just empowering people to tell these stories in ways that they couldn't have done before. And with actually content that people have been producing for the past 10, 20, 30 years that sometimes don't have any attachments to augmented reality, um, such as, you know, 2D and 3D animation has been used as CGI in film for, for a long time. Obviously, uh, uh, regular video and time lapses and 360 for real estate tours have all been used in different purposes. But now when we attach all this content to your physical world, that attachment generates this wow factor of like, wow, this is amazing. Like now it does breathe life into what otherwise would be inanimate kind of static, you know, objects, images, locations. I mean, I can't wait to see in the future what my toaster is going to tell me. What's that, co what's that coffee maker really going to say to me? Yeah. <laughs> It'll tell me, stop, stop drinking so much caffeine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Michelle, AI and AR coming together perhaps yeah. through my coffee exactly. machine. Yeah. So, okay, look, AR has been around for a while and you mentioned, you know, the, the magic that it has done in cinematography. We talked earlier about things like social filters in our Instagram. But what innovation has really kicked off the next level of AR today? Like, you know, we see AR in our news feeds. We're kind of, it, it seems like we're going into a new dimension of magic capabilities that AR can deliver. What's been driving that in the past one to two years? Yeah, so uh, what's been happening over the past one to two years, one is on the software side and one is on the hardware side. Uh, on the software side, uh, there's been a race of companies that are uh, mapping the entire world at like such precise levels, uh, talking about inches, centimeters. And and the, the reason why there are all these mapping companies um, kind of doing this race and a lot of the larger tech companies have been acquiring these mapping companies is because everyone is kind of predicting that a lot of the AR that will be, um, you know, powering and informing our everyday lives will be attached to location. So that's definitely been driving a lot of innovation. On the, on the hardware side, um, there have been great developments in the, you know, what everyone's kind of anticipating the wearable AR, which is taking the view of these digital layers from our, you know, phone to glasses, both sunglasses and, and non-prescription clear glasses and contact lenses. And the interesting thing about that development is that it's been taking some time for the 
the leaders right now looks like are, you know, what Apple's developing and then what Meta is developing. And there are several others as well. But with the contact lenses, that technology is close behind the, the eyewear. Um, so the, the eyewear is taking some time to build, but then there's going to be a much shorter time from uh, the eyewear being very powerful and capable to people having the option to actually see the digital uh, layers around them through contact lenses. Justin, your company has worked with some epic global brands across different industries. What's one of your most favorite projects that you've worked on recently? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a difficult question because this is definitely the favorite startup experience I've, I've had, an entrepreneurial experience I've had because I'm very, very curious and AR and we're B2B AR, so it touches so many areas of life and with so much creativity. So it's hard to select one, but most recently... We, we had a client who asked us um, and used our technology to uh, place a virtual world that they had built and architected um, that was on many platforms such as spatial, et cetera, that people previously could only engage with through their you know, computer screen and take that virtual world and place it IRL in the real world, beachside of a hotel. And what we did is we did that and so what that led to is the people that were going through that whole hotel throughout our basel week and for the events could actually walk through this massive virtual villa that was actually beachside in miami fully life-size um see the art deco furniture uh that was inside of it see the digital plant life that uh was in the yard see the different levels the stairs etc see the den and it was just this showcase of a beautiful virtual world that was interestingly architected by a really amazing architect that came from the real life architectural world and is now uh, designing digital estates. Oh, that's super cool. Who was this architect? Uh, Luis Fernandez. Oh, stop. You know that he is a dear friend. I had a feeling oh, really? when yeah. you just described that, that this was someone that I know, and I have seen exactly that work and well done to both of you. That collaboration was exquisite. And yeah. for those listening, this is one of those experiences that it is exactly as you think it is. You are just walking with the sand under your feet, but you are seeing an entirely new world around you as you explore. Uh, what was that like? What were, the, what were the reactions that you received from people as they went through this virtual world in the real world it was uh i mean it, they were it was mesmerizing it was definitely like a wow factor moment and and it was quite surreal right because there were also other events that were happening on site at the property as this was you know living throughout the art basel week and so you know there were yoga classes uh outside as people were also walking around this yoga class but seeing this beautiful <laughs> architecture while the people who were performing the yoga class, you know, they were just enjoying that poolside beachside as, as, as they would have otherwise. And so it was a very surreal and, and amazing and immersive experience. And I think the, the best, you know, reactions uh, are when people start to take that experience and then start to think, wait, if that's possible, what else is possible? And that's that those were the really interesting conversations we had during that week. I mean, this brings to mind for me the idea that school and training and education can now come alive in any location, but also things like vacations, pop-ups, gallery experiences, entertainment can now come to you wherever you are. 
do you see that happening in our future in the next year or two, or is this more in like a three to five year plan? Oh, no, 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 it's, ha- yeah, it's happening yeah, very quickly, actually pop-ups and, and reimagining retail is actually one of the, one of our larger clients uh, is focused on that right now. And so it's really important because, um, you know, right now retail, traditional retail has not been doing that well for numerous circumstances. But now when you can reimagine that whole landscape where, you know, a brand can have a virtual but walkable pop-up anywhere that they want to place it, that becomes not only like amazing from like a distribution of like a retail footprint, but it also becomes, you know, this immersive experience that's unlike walking through any physical retail store. And you can do things that physics may not allow within the four walls of a retail shop, but, um, you know, augmented reality does allow with the, I guess, lack of rules or the limitless possibilities there. And so you could walk in, for example, into a store and not only a virtual store, not only see, you know, the showcase items with the ability to purchase them, but then you could also see, you know, the various models actually, you know, wearing them and seeing what the different fits are um, prior to purchasing it. So it kind of merges entertainment, e-commerce and information. I'm thrilled for this to come to life. It sounds you know, from a design perspective, it defies gravity. From a sustainability perspective, it seems far more efficient. Uh, but also from a consumer, I'm visualizing myself, you know, walking somewhere, opening my phone, and now I can take a look at this retail store, uh, look at its products, but then maybe jump into an area that I see behind the scenes how it's being made. Maybe then I jump into a different area and it's the runway show that I'm watching to see how these looks come together. And then maybe I go behind the scenes and I can watch something with a stylist and get firsthand knowledge and tips on how to style a certain collection. And that's all with me just standing in one place, holding my phone up and moving it in a few different directions. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the power of behind the scenes content cannot be over overstated. It's, it's, it is so powerful. And I've seen this in a lot of different arenas from art where, you know, people want to, you know, see and hear the stories beneath the brushstrokes, like see what does the artist studio look like from a designer? What are those stories beneath the fabric? You know, what is the process, even all the way to something that might not seem as of a creative industry. People now, when they buy almond milk, they often want to know, wait, where are these almonds sourced? Like what farms do they come from? And like there's limited real estate in the physical kind of surfaces around us. But again, with AR, the real estate becomes unlimited and also not only unlimited, but can be opted in or unlocked based on every individual's preference. So it's not just like inundating you. Um, you know, the world is as it is until you kind of activate what lives beneath the surface. I mean, it sounds like we're just scratching the surface truly on what this technology can do for a number of industries, products, consumer, student, um, lifestyle experiences. When we take this back to your business specifically and what Art House is doing, what are the things that keep you up at night? It's actually heavily focused on the, on the following. So, you know, when we started in 2017, we set out to solve a very, very specific problem, which was, so we viewed AR as the you know, future canvas for storytelling. So that's one thing. But the problem we were trying to solve was that the industry was not set up for scalability in the sense that there was all this, what I call friction from fragmentation. And the fragmentation was requiring people to download an app for an event they go to, a wine label, a cookie wrapper, a, you know, a mural, and you know, individuals will not download 
tens, hundreds, thousands of apps for every single AR. It also is in the VR world or VR um, space. Um, that's not scalable, you know, for an industry, let alone a company. And so when we set out to solve that problem, um, and all the applause goes to my CTO and my tech team, because I just asked very unreasonable requests and they just knocked them all out of the park. We built this technology that's like AR publishing to basically power brand and creative partners, uh, AR experiences without their end users having to download any application, just works with your camera. And so we knew, and we still know we have this kind of runway of technical advantage, but we also are really excited about all the, uh, you know, attraction and all the attention that augmented reality as a whole is getting. At the same time, I have cautious paranoia about that also likely means there are a lot of upstarts and a lot of larger companies that are building really innovative tech. And so we have this product roadmap that continues to add features and capabilities that the augmented reality world doesn't have today. And that's what keeps me up at night, getting to those different kind of like stops along the journey as quickly as possible without sacrificing quality. And that's a, you know, it's a balance that entrepreneurs have to do. And it also then, inter, you know, has an interplay with fundraising because, you know, to grow fast, you often want to fuel that, that fire with, with more funding. And that's a whole other kind of uh, decision, you know, process. And so, but it's always that it's always focused on, build, uh, you know, achieving that roadmap in as quality and as fast a way as possible, because we never release something that we don't beta test with some key partners and, um, and that we think have has have achieved equality itself. So like the typical KPIs, which we, we track, et cetera, I'm typically very comfortable with them. It's more about the unknown future that I always keep an eye on. I mean, you're going to build the future. I can't wait to see what it looks like and, uh, and open it up through my phone. Uh, when we talk about KPIs, there's KPIs for your business, but there's also for your clients. So for the clients who are coming in and using your technology, what are the KPIs they care about? Is it the number of people who come in, the time they spend? Is it some form of engagement they do with a call to action? Take us through the KPIs of clients using AR. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So right now it has a lot uh, to do with engagement. And so, you know, we are analytics um, that and reports that are provided to our clients are as robust as Google Analytics for AR. Um, and so that they really focus on the you know number of unique AR sessions that are held, the average time uh, per session that, and if they have multiple, you know, our, our AR enables multiple uh, layers of digital content per you know experience. And so if they have multiple layers, they also want to know okay, per each layer, are some layers performing better than others? And so it's very focused on that engagement level, which is connected to it being primarily used for kind of the experiential marketing of that brand or the experiential merchandise of that brand. We do have some clients who are focused as well on like transactions and conversion rates when they, you know, people can shop, uh, you know, while they're or after they're using the, the AR. Although that isn't nearly as, as common as those who are just looking for the kind of marketing engagement. And then the one additional kind of uh, factor that that a lot or item that a lot of our clients actually really focus on is the number of shares of their uh, end users augmented reality experiences to social. So you know we have like two click to share to social, and because it's such a wow factor moment for those individuals who are experiencing it, they can then share those wow factor moments to others who haven't even experienced the AR yet. Uh, but it's heavily focused on marketing KPIs. Yeah, we're certainly at the very beginning and early stage of this industry. 
what would be some of your advice to like you're a founder you're a founder in a very new space during a time that is quite volatile highly turbulent and yet has never been more innovative what would be some of your advice to other startups or founders as they kick off their journey i think my 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 advice would be to first you know identify the individual founders area and or areas of interest and then within those area or areas of interest identify you know sub areas where they think that the activity the the opportunities within that landscape has not maximized its potential or is completely vacant and uh, the reason i say that is i think it's really important for people to typically not always but to find areas that are within their core you know passioners because they tend to actually perform better within them but then also to identify not necessarily problems but areas where they can add value that's not present currently you know i think we talk often about like you have to have a you know problem that you're solving and i think that's true to some extent although we could look at some of the larger companies today and and at their early beginnings question whether or not there was a real substantial problem they were solving but they're definitely adding value where there was vacancy and i'm concerned a little bit about a trend wherein technology is moving so fast that people feel so rushed to actually just get involved in a sector or a trend rather than super laser focused on a value add or a solution to a problem and so it's almost like the reverse of solving a problem or the reverse of adding value it's uh, basically starting with a quote solution and then trying to find your problem right it's it's and which doesn't quite work often and i think that that laser focus on the individual and the vacancy also then protects people around being kind of swayed by the sexy trends because the you know the generational businesses the really big opportunities are not based on trends they're based on building and utilizing technology in a very long lasting kind of long viewed like deferred gratification rather than immediate gratification perspective sorry that was long winded but i get passionate about that area subject area I love it. Okay, so if there's one thing people have to remember, what's that one thing out of this podcast, this conversation, they should take away? The one thing they should take away. Okay, I just came up with this. So I, I'll connect my thoughts about AR and my thoughts about you know starting a business. You know, the world is your canvas, and if the world is your canvas, now it's your responsibility to paint that picture on that canvas. And and I would say that you know that's that's the real lesson here. You can paint the canvas to be very personal. and very beautiful and it doesn't depend on what anyone else is painting or building it's just telling your own story and you know i think the best businesses are amazing storytellers even if they have nothing to do with you know actually selling stories totally agree we are all in the business of telling stories people want to be entertained and what you are building with your technology takes that entertainment to a whole new dimension All right Justin, we do something here a little bit different to most podcasts. We include our community in a new way by having them uh, submit questions. And today we have received questions from all over the world from people who want to know more about augmented reality, want to know more about you and your business. So if you're up for the challenge, we have someone that you don't know uh, who's going to be joining us. Her name is Rachel Sklar. Are you up for this new experiment of community inclusion? 
Oh, of course, I would love that. I'm usually the one that asks 20 questions where my friends have to stop me. So I can't be the one that often asks questions and resist a question. So I'm all ears. I love it. I mean, I figured the industry you're in is all about experimentation. So you'd be you'd be game for the challenge. Let me tell you a little bit about Rachel, uh, because she is definitely no ordinary community member. Uh, when she submitted her question, her bio that came with it was quite impressive. In fact, I feel like I need to have her on the show. Uh, so Rachel is a writer and entrepreneur. She was a founding editor at the Huffington Post. She's written for and she's been quoted as an expert in national media. And, I, and I'm not kidding when I read this list out. Holy wow. New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, Forbes, InStyle, the Daily Beast, Glamour, and this list just keeps going. Uh, she has appeared on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, C-SPAN, the BBC. I mean, let's be real. She is a sought-after consultant. So I love that even despite her wide breadth of knowledge and expertise in business, she still has questions about AR. So uh, let's do it. Rachel, welcome to the show. Michelle, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this podcast. Justin, I'm so excited to be able to ask you. There's so much happening in the world that it feels like it's moving so fast. ChatGPT is now ChatGPT4. I cannot keep up. So I am curious, what does AI mean for AR? All I can say is OMG. So please, I welcome your wisdom and your expertise. Um, that's actually a really, really great question and timely as well because we're uh, personally, we're, we're involved in uh, some large conversations about connecting uh, the two, the intersection of AR and AI. And I, so the, the relation to me, there are many different uh, right answers to this question, but most significantly to me is they share a common end, which is to provide more information, context, and meaning to the world around you, right? AR brings these kind of invisible layers of story, context, and meaning to the surface. Um, AI obviously takes all the data and, and informs you uh, with really kind of, uh, I guess, robotic and artificial intelligence that, that can inform both your enjoyment of the life around you and also kind of actionable decisions. And so what it looks like for us specifically is the AI uh, can inform the AR experience. If you think of like all the data that can be driven by AI and obviously right now, you know, with ChatGPT, as you mentioned, it's very focused on the output in text, but also with Dali, there's, you know, art. Um, with us, we can take that and it can inform the actual visual motion, augmented reality experiences that people have. So it becomes both personally relevant to them, but also contextually relevant to what they're seeing with their naked eye around the world. It's fascinating and a little scary. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. Well, look, thank you both. Justin, you have been such an incredible guest to have on this show as we share the wonders of AR with everyone. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And it's great to see you uh, starting this podcast and doing this podcast. It's uh, you're a leader, and so it's great to, to speak to leaders and to get your perspective. I mean, I actually just recently listened to a podcast about accepting compliments, and that was a lovely compliment. Thank you for saying that to me. That really just... That made me feel good. I appreciate that. Um, and to our listeners, you could be joining us next week. 
Submit your questions at michellejreeves.com and you could be selected for an upcoming episode to join me and one of our special guests. Uh, Rachel, thank you for being a wonderful part of this conversation with your question. Everyone, if you enjoyed this, please share with a friend. And don't forget to follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. See you next week. Bye.